We're time for us to talk sustainability. This past week, on Tuesday, the National Council of Provinces voted in favour of the adoption of the Cannabis Bill, which now leaves it essentially for President Cyril Ramaphosa to sign it into law pending any potential uh, minor amendments. There have been some concerns, though, certainly from the cannabis industry with um, uh, against the bill, um, with industry saying they, are, they have plans to fight back. The Cannabis for Private Purposes bill contains a series of changes that are set to guide the regulation of the use of cannabis, the private use of cannabis in the country. And for more on some of these concerns, we are now joined by Paul Michael Keichel, who's a specialist attorney at Cullinan and Associates. Paul, Paul Michael, very good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be here. So uh, tell us about some of the concerns around the uh, Cannabis for Private Purposes bill that's now gone through the NCOP and is essentially now with the president. Well, look, uh, you know, there have been certain objections and concerns that have been raised, um, some of them by civil society, some of them by business. But um, certainly there hasn't been one united voice from civil society or business that Mm -hmm. says, we are fundamentally opposed for the following clear reasons. You know, there are um, there are some common reasons that people are opposed to it, and then there are some divergent reasons. But I would say that probably the majority of it, um, or of the recent objections um, and criticisms, come down to the fact that there are going to be upper limits for how much cannabis um, an individual or groups of people are allowed to cultivate, possess, and transport. Mm-hmm. And then another criticism has been that it doesn't make express accommodations for certain, um, you know, special interest groups such as the Rastafari and traditional um, healers and cultivators of cannabis. Mm-hmm. And with regards to that limit, that upper limit, do we know what it is currently? We don't. So that's a matter that has been re- uh, left to regulations in terms of Section 6 of the Act. So once we see what those regulations look like, Um, everybody will know what those upper limits are. Um, But I pause to mention that in the notional scenario, probably the likely scenario of the passing of the bill prior to there being regulations in force, um, there will be no upper limit, which actually is the regime that we're operating under now, Mm -hmm. presently, because that's that's the regime that's been created in terms of the 2018 cannabis uh, judgment. And so in terms of then what uh, industry would like to see, is it that we continue under the current regime or the status quo and the proposed upper limits uh, that would potentially come with the bill, those be done away with? Uh, look, Googs, I'm, I'm not actually 100% sure what um, industry wants out of this because what Section 1-2 um, of the bill essentially says is that um, despite all of the crimes um, created in terms of this bill, you know, upper limits, trading in cannabis, etc., um, you will not be a criminal if you have a license or permit in terms of another act of parliament. So my reading of that is that it's a foreshadowing of a cannabis industry in circumstances where one does not exist presently. So um, I see that as an enabling step or a step in the right direction. Um, and I'm not entirely sure what the criticism is of industry. And so in its current form, then, the, if the bill is then signed, um, cannabis-related crimes would be removed. Um, but that then impacts another act, does it not? 
Well, uh, cannabis-related crimes would be removed from the Drugs and Drugs Trafficking Act. Mm -hmm. But there there will be new crimes created in terms of the Cannabis for Private Purposes Act, as it will then be once it's signed into law. Do we know what those new crimes that could be, well, uh, could be uh, created are? So, so yes, we do. Essentially, it would be dealing in cannabis, which is, um, it's it's a similar crime to what was um, in terms of the Drugs and Drugs Trafficking Act, but because of Section 1-2, what it says about licenses and permits, essentially what the crime would be would be dealing in cannabis without a license or permit. Um, and then, of course, there are other crimes that are created. For example, um, personally and privately possessing or cultivating more than what will be the regulated number um, of cannabis plants or, or grams of cannabis, whatever, whatever those will be. Um, and, of course, um, and I think that this is nece- um, necessary, there will be crimes for um, consuming, in this case, smoking cannabis around a child or a non-consenting adult. So really just infringing um, on the rights of others uh, without their permission. Mm. And then the other thing that seems to be uh, of concern is the definition of cannabis. Um, it seems that the bill is, if signed, would then define cannabis quite narrowly and in a way that is narrower than we currently define cannabis. Well, quite right. And and what that what that essentially means is if the bill is passed into law in its current form, because it only relates to the fruiting and flowering tops, the psychoactive components. So given that the prohibition on cultivating too many plants or possessing too much cannabis will not apply to the rest of the plant, the non-psychoactive parts of the plant, the signing into law of the bill will create a hemp industry overnight which will essentially be a world first. And so in that instance, would hemp then, would it be excluded from that definition? Exactly right. So that's, that's, that's the point. And then hemp quite correctly becomes an agricultural commodity mm-hmm. that, um, that, that isn't subject to criminal prohibition. And for that matter, you might not even require a license or a permit to cultivate and trade in hemp. And so... Is the concern then that hemp should be should be included in the definition? Because it sounds as though that hemp could benefit from the narrow definition because you'd suddenly have this industry and and you know as you say uh, overnight. So I'm not. I, quite I, sure. I, I, I don't know what the criticism is of the narrow definition. I would I would suggest that the narrow definition actually serves industry. Mm. And so um. And, and in terms of then this idea that, um, you know, in addition to this, we might potentially need more uh, regulation, even once the bill is approved. Um, tell us about that. Well, Section 6 of the bill has left certain matters um, to regulation. So what it's saying is that the, the Minister of Justice, with the approval of Parliament, has to, um, for example, set what those upper limits are and set parameters or, or um standards for the transportation of personal and private cannabis, et cetera, et cetera. And then, of course, there's the catch-all, which says that the minister may also um, promulgate any regulations that are necessary or efficient for um, uh, enabling the, the thrust of, of the private purposes bill. So it's, it's, uh, th- there are certain required regulations, but there's also a broad discretion to, to put in place other regulations pursuant to the thrust of the act. Mm. Um, Paul Michael, you also mentioned right at the beginning of our conversation that one of the concerns is around 
I guess, special interest groups, um, such as uh, the Rastafari community who use cannabis for spiritual uh, slash religious reasons, traditional healers who use cannabis um, for um, traditional healing uh, um, uh, reasons. And so if the bill is then passed, um, what would happen to those, you know, people within either of those groups or other groups like them? Well, what the bill doesn't do is it doesn't say that those groups are not allowed to continue to operate as they do. Um, presumably that if what they did was private, then it would comply with, with the terms of the act and there wouldn't be criminal consequences to it. Um, but, but of course, if, if there is a scenario where they say, for example, all right, well, we need to um, consume cannabis in a, in a public space. Um, well, Section uh, Section One Two foreshadows something like that. There, there, there may very well be on the cards a license or a permit that mm-hmm. will be issued by a competent authority, competent state authority, that then allows one to do that. So, so um, there are no specific accommodations made in terms of the bill. But I, I would argue, um, to the extent that I should be arguing anything, that Section One Two foreshadows that certain accommodations will be made. So it's not necessarily limited to industry. It might also be to an expanded um, view of personal use of cannabis. Paul Michael, thank you so much for making time for us this morning and joining us on the show. Thank you very much. That is uh, Paul Michael Kachel. He is a specialist attorney at Cullinan and Associates. Joining us this morning for our sustainability conversation with, uh, of course, after the NCOP, Uh, sending uh, the private-use cannabis bill uh, to President Cyril Ramaphosa.